Can vampires drink the blood of animals? Is the Tin Man from The Wizard of Oz a zombie? I mean, he wanted brains. All these questions you can find the answer to on This Paranormal Life! Hello and welcome to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast where every week we investigate a brand new paranormal case, tale, beast, claim, monster, goblin, fairy, demon, and come to a conclusion at the end as to whether or not it is truly paranormal. My name is Roy Powers and across from me sits the one and only Kittles Grittles. Good no, evening, Kittles. I don't think anyone's ever told me that before, but I'm glad to be here and glad to have a new nickname. It mm-hmm. really beats uh, most of the ones I grew up with. Any examples of those, just so we can... Uh, shit, <laughs> shit, <laughs> Okay. Uh, I don't know. Things like that. Okay. Well, I apologize for those years and years ago, so I don't think we need to bring up any, uh, any bad blood from the past. But you called me Rory Poors, and I didn't appreciate that either, so... Interesting to note, before the podcast... Uh, when we were trying to come up with that question about the Tin Man from The Wizard of Oz, we couldn't remember who wanted what from that movie. It's hard to remember. I thought the Tin Man... I, I thought the Tin Man wanted brains. I couldn't remember what the Scarecrow wanted. It's Skin. It's because they all need everything. They're all so bad. <laughs> yeah. They all need new brains, heart, and minds. I mean, one of them wants courage. That's pretty ambiguous. You can't really just gift that in a bag. Some of the others are like, I want... What did the Scarecrow want? We do, we shouldn't get a started knife on this movie because I hate it so much. Wait, what did he want? More hay? One of them wanted a hat. No, a uh, brain. <laughs> <laughs> One of them wanted a f- Yankees cap. They were sold out everywhere. Um, One of them wanted a brain. Uh, the, the lion was a... Uh, rat coward and he wanted courage that's the easy one to remember yeah. and the scarecrow wanted a friend love <laughs> another a female scarecrow we could bang i, think I don't he remember was pinocchio he wanted to be a real boy or some shit hey siri there's no way siri's gonna what did the scarecrow from wizard of oz want i'm on a forum here and uh, there was an ad placed directly under the question that just said bitcoin wallet <clears throat> i was like he wanted a a crypto wallet there's no way he wanted Shiba <laughs> Shiba coin. <laughs> oh my god! I'm so sorry, guys. I, usually we get right into the podcast, but we really can't until I figure out. What Last week you lambasted <laughs> me for the entire episode for ranting too much. I think I wanted to tell a quick anecdote about my holiday, and you were furious. This is stating important. that people's uh, reviews recently had been uh, bad, saying that. We had been rambling too much. Yeah, but this is important. Now you're stressing me out. And I just Googled straw man, what he want. And of course that didn't come up with any results. Of course. Because he's not a, a scare. He was a scarecrow. Straw man is a different thing. Wait a minute. The scarecrow. Oh, I f- this. The scarecrow wanted a brain. The tin man wanted a heart. And the lion wanted courage. So, uh. All right, well. Do you have an Jesus. episode today? <laughs> We're getting to it, all right? It's just, you got to nail the intro to these things because you know what it's like. People just tune out if they're Normally not. Normally, it's the don't. point of the intro that we, we don't answer those questions. Our story today begins way back in 1437 when James I was ruling as the King of Scots. Now, James was a pretty ruthless king, arresting and sometimes straight up murdering his enemies. Yeah, whenever we say king shit in 2021, we don't usually mean the shit that King James of Scotland did. 
no, this is a much more brutal approach. Today, king shit means like being a boss about your business in the streets, uh, looking after your family and loved ones. Yes. Uh, and winning and succeeding in your aspirations in life. Not arresting and beheading your enemies. Publicly executing your foes. While enjoying life as king, he began spending huge sums of money on palaces and various other luxuries. Aye, well that's king shit. That's some king shit right there. This obviously started to piss off a few influential characters, one of which being the Duke of Athrol. But what were they gonna do about it? They were peasants, and James was a king, a mighty king. Of course. In February 1437, King James was staying at Friars Preacher's Monastery in Scotland, fulfilling his kingly duties, but mostly playing a lot of tennis. So much tennis that at one point, he ordered that the sewers of the monastery be partially blocked to stop his tennis balls from getting lost. <laughs> one night while at the monastery, and I'm going to go ahead and assume it was some sort of glorious banquet where everyone's eating and having a good time, mm. King James was approached by a mysterious Irish woman. Now, seeing someone he didn't know in the monastery was strange enough, let alone a mysterious traveler. I'm starting to think the bodyguards aren't doing their job if mysterious travelers are able to get that close to the king. Well, it's banquet night. You know, everyone puts their feet up on banquet night, even the guards. Mm. This woman took him aside to speak to him privately. How can I help you, my dear? Let me guess. You saw me on the court earlier and want some tips on your backhand. <laughs> well, I'm sure I can serve up some advice. The woman replied, You will die soon. King James didn't know how to respond. Oh, fan of a bit of trash talk, I see. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> the Duke of Athrol is coming. He will spill your blood. Now, it's not every day that a stranger predicts your death. But King James didn't really take the fortune seriously. Um, okay. Thanks for that, you weirdo. But one night, not long after the Irish seer had warned him of his fate, the door to his chamber burst open. King James leapt from his bed. What is it, Dennis? Dennis screamed. My lord, the Duke of Athrol, he's attacked the monastery. He and his forces are- <laughs> oh, oh my god! <laughs> f me! Oh. He's been stabbed, by the way. I have to- you, It's an audio medium, so I have to really- of course. Make sure people get that across. Sorry, uh, let me get involved. <laughs> Tell my wife and children I- oh. <laughs> So, yeah, that's kind of the, the theme. It was a very painful death. <laughs> Run! <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to think he's six foot five, beard down to his waist. He's the manliest of all men. And as soon as he's like, flee, my lord, make for the man. Oh! <laughs> Owie! <laughs> oh! <laughs> Knowing that he didn't have long to escape, King James started smashing through the floorboards of his room where he leapt down into the sewers. Like a frightened rat. He's a master of the sewers. But in a cruel twist of fate, the exit to the sewers had been blocked just <gasps> like he'd asked days earlier. No way. With nowhere to run, his enemies caught up with him. Please, take whatever you want. Do you like tennis? Uh, I have several courts. They're all yours if you spare. Oh! 
Oh, no! Me. <laughs> no one could have predicted this would happen. <laughs> Dennis was right. It hurts. It hurts. Die with some dignity. It's it's so funny because it's such an abstract noise, but I can just picture <laughs> the this spear going through their chest. <laughs> so vividly. I like to think um, if I were ever in a situation where I had to lay down my life for the greater good, I would resist every urge to make an embarrassing noise on the way out. You know, right. th there's a bomb about to go off and I'm like, get out of here. Get the hell out of here. I'm, I'll jump on top of it. And I jump on top and I'm like, Rem remember me. Remember me as a hero. And then it detonates and I go, oh, <laughs> all they're going to remember is the scream. That's all they're going to remember. Not that's, all the shit I did. That's why you have to try and uh, make as manly a reaction as possible. You have to be like Hugh Jackman and Wolverine or something. You have to be like, huh, that actually smarts. Yeah, yeah. As you get a, a javelin through your eyeball. Yeah, or say, or tell someone you're going to see him in hell. I'll be waiting for you in hell, brother. And then you get stabbed and you just go. <laughs> Do it quietly if you have to make any noise at all. Wait until everyone is out of earshot before you <laughs> scream like you know you want to. Uh, now, as you can tell, I've had to slightly, just slightly, dramatize the retelling of this story. Um, <laughs> was any of that tennis shit real? The tennis part of the story was entirely true. Okay. This was actually how the King of Scots died. He had, he had told the people to build blockades in the sewers days before he tried to escape through the sewers. Fair it's enough. actually a really funny story. You can read about it online on the BBC. But but yeah, the fact that it took place in 1437 means, yeah, I had to jazz it up a little bit. But the tennis part is 100% true. And there's another important part to the story. A part that, if true, could prove the existence of a paranormal creature known as the Banshee. Banshee. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Long time coming on this paranormal life, the Banshee. We've had it emailed in as a suggestion to the podcast email account, this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. And you're right, this is a long time coming. You see, although she didn't scream or appear in a ghostly form, many people believe that if this Irish seer really did warn the king about his assassination, it could be one of the earliest recorded encounters with the spirit known as the Banshee. Uh, now, before we get ahead of ourselves, let's explain what a Banshee is. The brief description that I'm sure a lot of people will be familiar with is a ghost or a spirit that appears as a woman, sometimes combing her hair. The apparition usually appears before someone is about to die, and it lets out a harrowing scream, the cry of the Banshee. So the idea is that if you hear the cry of the Banshee, it's likely that someone nearby or someone that you know is about to die. It shows up, does a little cry, a weird, creepy cry. Mm -hmm. And then once you hear that, you're like, shit, I think my uncle just died. Yeah. Because he's been sick for a while and I just heard a ghost scream. Better FaceTime the family group chat to see if everyone's still there. Doing okay. Uh, in some legends, they say that the Banshee can only cry for five major Irish families. I have heard this. That's very. It's a very interesting and lesser known fact about the Banshee. Yeah, because, you know, we, bo we both grew up in Northern Ireland. 
uh, both attended Heritage class, which we've talked about, uh, which briefly did cover the Banshee. That's right. Um, and I don't remember that ever being a part of it. I always felt that it seemed like a more old-timey perspective on the Banshee when <laughs> there was less diversity in the country. Um, right, right. And it kind of made sense. There only were a handful of kind of major family names. I can't think what they might be, but, you know, Jesus Christ. Oh, I've got them right here. Yeah. Uh, it's the O'Neills, mm -hmm. the O'Briens, mm -hmm. the O'Connors, the O'Grady's, sure. and the Kavanaugh's. Mm. Um, those are the five families that allegedly have a banshee. Whereas I would imagine in the modern day, people focus less on that fact because there's just, I'm guessing, more surnames around and less people with those five names. They do say that... Um, if you were to marry into one of these five families, you then also get banshee privileges. <laughs> That's not a privilege. Uh, I guess it kind of, I mean, there's no real con to the banshee. Oh, I guess if it's just letting you know what's happening. Yeah. Okay. It's a pretty spooky way of letting you know, but the gist of it is basically someone showing up and be like, yo, by the way, your granny just died. See you later. And then fading out into the, the mist of the evening. <laughs> That's the yeah. broshi. <laughs> that's the it's the ban he <laughs> yeah that's the 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 bro ghost way Yo, of doing it what up boo dude uh <laughs> your grandpa just fell down the stairs see you later can i grab Peace. a corona from the fridge <laughs> your, your, the sentence your grandpa just <laughs> fell down the stairs shouldn't be followed by peace <laughs> it's like did you push them <laughs> come come back here explain <laughs> Is he okay? <laughs> Wouldn't count on it. Why do you think I'm here, brother? <laughs> Granddad? <laughs> so that's one thing to consider. You know, even if, like us, you are of Irish heritage, okay. maybe the reason that you've never heard a banshee cry before is simply because your family doesn't have a banshee. It, it seems kind of, uh, it's kind of cruel that that's the only way to get a banshee. Because in my head, it's like a Pokemon. Right. right. And it's like you can if you're if you're rich enough, you can have a Pokemon and it'll kind of just hover around, warn you when someone dies. But I don't I, I'll never have one unless it, I marry a, one of these families. It also makes us wonder, are there other cryptid style Pokemon with these kind of abilities? Like, do the Opars get like a frog that turns up and tells you when you're out of bread? I wish that would be amazing. <laughs> Now, obviously, those are just kind of the bullet points of what a banshee is, but its history and folklore is a little bit more complex than that. Hmm. As far as I can tell, their first mention was at least 650 years ago in the writings of Ireland's chief historian of the 14th century. A legitimate historical document describes three banshees that warned the commanders of the Irish army that many of their number will perish if they go to war. Wow, a batch notification. Yeah. I guess uh, that's so true. Like, do, do they have to scream like 3,000 times if, <laughs> if if the O'Grady's are going to war with the O'Connors? Right, that's a, lot of that's a lot of deaths on the table. I mean, that's an interesting one because at that point, can you offset the premonition? If the Banshee, <laughs> if the night before the war, you're uh, sitting down with your commander O'Grady and you're like... You know, Grady, I have a really good feeling about this battle tomorrow. I think we're going to wipe the floor with the Kavanaugh's. And you hear... <laughs> On second thought, what if we can work this out with words? The Banshee's <laughs> right. like, no, I can't take it back. 
<laughs> yeah, you could. It's like having a banshee on staff. So something like like having a fortune teller. I guess this is pretty useful, actually. Yes, yes. I mean, this is the thing. You know, they they are quite creepy looking. By definition, at its core, it is a floating ghost woman that screams in the night. But they're delivering useful information. It's like if your, I don't know, UPS driver was a clown. And he only delivered at 3 a.m. And he had a hook for a hand. It's like, okay. I still want my Amazon packages. (laughs) Yes, but you're delivering this in a very scary way, sir. Please come back in the morning. Scratching the glass. You need to sign for it. I, I agree. If my favorite burger restaurant was staffed only by creepy ghost ladies, I'd still probably eat there. They're, they're delivering good food in a spooky way. As I said, they can appear as young women, old women. In some stories, they can even shapeshift into animals. Since those early writings, the Banshee has been a huge part of Irish folklore. In fact, in 1893, the Irish Times published a piece entitled Where Has the Banshee Gone? Whoa. I guess implying that its appearances had died down recently. Hmm. When the piece came out, it was met with a huge wave of replies from the public, basically saying, It's gone nowhere! Dozens of people wrote in, all retelling their recent encounters with the creature. Dozens of banshees wailed into <laughs> the magazine. One reader wrote, I do not believe that the banshee's cry is not now heard in Ireland. I most distinctly heard it about five years ago, previous to the death of my dear brother. He was ailing at the time. It was 12 o'clock at night. I was up with him watching in case he required a drink, when suddenly I heard an indescribably mournful cry. He doesn't say it, but presumably that mournful cry was linked to the passing of his brother. Mm. The letters kept pouring into the newspaper for months. Another reader called Minnie McEwen wrote, My father heard the banshee cried 40 years ago for a great aunt of mine, or should I say, before the death of my great aunt. It was at an early hour of the morning. The banshee was then said, or supposed to be a little woman. One of the more curious stories came from a man known only as Pip the Fiddler. A trustworthy source. <laughs> All right. Well, don't f- insult him yet, because maybe that's his life. Maybe that's his family profession, is fiddlers. An uncle of mine was very ill, so my father and some country neighbors were staying up with him all night. About 12 o'clock, my uncle suddenly sat up in bed and pointing towards the window exclaimed, Ah, you're there. Poor thing you are. Just then they all distinctively heard the mournful wail of the banshee. (gasps) He died the next day. That's creepy. I mean, if you didn't already believe in the banshee, you're gonna after that. It's, um, that's, that one is particularly terrifying. There's something really scary about looking after a relative who is ill and, um, you know, maybe at the end of the day being like, you know, he's doing, he's doing a little bit better today. Uh, we've been giving him his medicine, his fever's going and you turn around <laughs> and he's, po- <laughs> he's pointing at an open window saying, there she is. <laughs> The bringer of death. You're like, okay, granddad. <laughs> Sit back down. Uh, that one's alarming to me because I uh, once shared a hotel room uh, with a friend 
and he suffered from like sleep paralysis. I might have mentioned it on the podcast before, but this so. caused him to wake up in the middle of the night, sit bolt upright like in a horror movie, and stare into the corner of the room as if he could see the banshee. Oh my god! Uh, like this, but he was obviously dreaming, seeing something that I couldn't. But it didn't stop it being terrifying. That is so scary. I mean, we're seeing a lot of similarities in these stories. Usually, there's a loved one who's fallen ill. Mm-hmm. The family hears a cry or a scream, or in some stories, sees the banshee in full form, and then their family member passes away. I mean, we both grew up in Northern Ireland. Did you ever have anyone that that had a story like this? No one in my immediate family, to my knowledge, ever heard the banshee. I do have a memory that potentially someone in my extended family had heard it. Uh, I know for a fact members of my extended family have claimed to have their own family omen whether it's like a fox always appears outside the window or right. you know a mouse is always seen in the house the night that someone died whatever it is oh it's, um, that's with death as well yeah so i think it is pretty alive and common that families feel that they have their own omens i mean that's a lot nicer to find a mouse in the house yeah <laughs> than a screaming ghost uh what about you uh no i don't think so i mean i uh i don't have a huge family history in ireland uh but you know lived there for long enough to hear a lot of stories from uh friends and family and <laughs> lived there long enough to hear a lot of banshee wails <laughs> doesn't take long i <laughs> lived there long enough to lose a lot of loved ones <laughs> but no i've never i never met anyone who claims to have heard the wail of the banshee my experience with the banshee and my because we really haven't talked about it on the podcast, but I have a genuine fear of banshees that stems from, in my childhood, my dad used to show us this movie that we were way too young to watch. The movie is called Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Okay. And it's, uh, I believe it's a movie set in Ireland. Sean Connery is in it, randomly. Mm. And... um you know, I think it's a love story, but one of the points of the story is that the father of the female love interest lost his wife mm. years and years and years ago, and he claims uh, he heard the banshee before she was taken away. Okay. And at some point in the movie, his daughter falls and becomes injured, and that night he hears the wail of the banshee again. Mm. And it's like, shit, that's the that's the same wail I heard when my wife died all those years ago. Mm. Um, and in the movie, it's a very old movie, but, you know, there's some very early days visual effects that they used to bring the Banshee to life. It's the scariest shit you've ever seen in, in your entire life. I've seen horror movies now that are less scary than watching that Banshee haunt Sean Connery on the Irish Hills. <laughs> Don't f- laugh because this is scarring this banshee this is hereditary on crack my <laughs> friends the vfx granted they were worse but somehow even more terrifying because of it this is and, and picture this this is i'm watching this in between spongebob and fairly odd parents yeah it's a weird tone to set for the family movie night yeah you know spongebob is is laughing in his high-pitched squeal and my dad's like you think that's a squeal? Where do you hear the cry of the banshee, boy? And he pops in an old VHS of Darby O'Gill and the little people. I mean, I'm just going to have to, I'm just going to have to show you the clip. That's the best way to do it. And I'll play the audio on the podcast. 
because the audio is terrifying and we can just you can describe how genuinely terrifying this this is i looked this up uh the other day before the podcast to just see if it was as terrifying as i thought it was (laughs) everyone in the comments is like was commenting being like this anyone else up for the rest of their lives and everyone's like yeah yeah it did there's a weird uh age where like you can kind of comprehend these kind of weird abstract spooky concepts and they really mess you up like i remember i remember being a kid around that age and reading about you know these kind of ancient egyptian lore and how like when you die you know whatever the ancient egyptian god of death you know meets you and rips out your heart and puts it on a set of scales and yeah. if it's weighs too heavy you get sent to hell i was just like Ex- n- what yeah, they're just rat- rattling. No through one this. told me this. <laughs> and then you spend every night for the next three months worrying about the day of judgment. Furiously Googling how to appease Ra. <laughs> Alright, check check this out. The Banshee. <laughs> wow, so we are seeing a real old era of visual effects. It's a little bit like Ghostbusters VFX, actually. Yeah, that like phantom imagery that kind of floats. It's f- oh god, even that noise gives me chills. They've done a great job. Papa, w- 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 I'm scared again. <laughs> with the tools they had at the time. <laughs> I want to watch SpongeBob. Uh, I'll give it to you. If I saw that at the age that you saw it. That would have messed me up too. I was too young. I was frankly too, not even to experience that, but to even learn that a creature like this exists in mythology. Yeah. That's too young to put that pressure on a child. There's some stuff that, you know, you ease kids into it. You're mm-hmm. like, hey, do you know every December there's a big jolly man that gives presents? And in Easter, there's a little bunny. And let me tell you about the tooth fairy, my friend. Mm-hmm. You ease up. You don't start with, there is a ghost lady that screams at night and floats in through your window when someone's about to die and you can't like unbake the cake right it's like when you tell kids that santa is real they believe that for years yeah and then eventually they stop believing it you can't just show them the banshee (laughs) and then immediately say oh don't worry it's not real what do you mean i'm invested now i believe and at least the other ones did something nice, like gave you presents or chocolate. The Banshee just exists to tell you someone's going to die, which don't don't tell a child that. Don't show a child that. Yeah, I don't even think that that movie is like a horror movie. It's like a normal movie, like rate PG, rated PG for everyone. Yeah, um, I, I mean, it reminds me of, uh, I've talked about it on the podcast before. I think whenever Dracula came out, the original Bram Stoker one, I want to say. Yeah. Whenever it was in cinemas, there was a huge kerfuffle about it because uh, the rating agencies were like, this is the most f***ed up thing to ever be committed to screen. Uh, this is beyond an 18 movie. Right, it, it right. It needs a new category. We need to ban it forever. I think that movie today is like a 12 or something. That's so funny, isn't it? I remember when uh, the Saw movies first came out. You must have heard this as well. I think they were like urban legends, but it was like the first Saw movie came out or the second one. And uh, used to hear stories would be like, I heard on the first night there were people vomiting in the aisles. People were like blacking out in their seats because it was just like pure smut. It's like, it's fine. It's like a, 
like it's a all right movie it's pretty gory <laughs> i'm like that was 12 years old blacking out <laughs> vomiting in your living room in my spongebob pajamas <laughs> oh my god <laughs> keep away keep away um yeah so that's my my vivid this is why this is a case that's close to home for me right burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping and that extends to their outdoor collection their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware weather ready teak and quick dry foam cushions for Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. As we mentioned earlier, some stories talk specifically about the Banshee brushing their long white hair with a silver comb. Hmm. To the point where in some parts of Ireland, it's actually considered bad luck to pick up a comb from the ground just in case it belongs to a banshee. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Imagine that. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's not something you really see on the ground much these days. Normally you see plastic bags and bottles of Fanta uh, littering the floor, not silver combs. I would be suspicious of a silver comb. Yeah. You don't have to worry that you're going to pick up the Banshee's bottle of Buckfast on the street. Sure. Or like, I don't know, spring Jack's used condom. <laughs> oh, God. But a silver comb is a very unique accessory that, yeah, you would be a little bit hesitant of. It's also funny to think that the Banshee can lose shit and she's somewhere in the spirit world going, where the f*** did I put it? Yeah. Yeah, that is kind of weird, isn't it? Unless it's an intentional thing, like a trap. Mm. But then this is where the conflicting information comes in. In some tellings of the story, it's a privilege to have a family banshee. Mm -hmm. In others, they're like, keep away, because she might eat your brains. Wow. Other times, she's setting combs as traps. Sometimes she's just losing combs. Um, As I said, you know, with stories this old, there's a lot of different versions of the, the creature. I'm really imagining finding that comb is a lot like finding the death note in Death Note. Right, right. Uh, you've now got a banshee companion. Uh, oh, floating around for you. As long yeah. as you live, talking to you. No one else can see it. You're like, shut the f up. Whoever's hair you comb dies yeah. within 24 hours. There's potential there for sure. Uh, I guess the biggest question is do people really believe that these things are real? Really believe it? Well, yes, is the short answer. Absolutely. In Ireland, especially amongst the older generations, true belief in the Banshee isn't a weird thing at all. People wouldn't even blink twice if someone was like, yeah, I, I heard it as a child. Yeah, I, I heard it when so-and-so passed away. I actually found a compilation of Banshee stories from the elderly residents of North Tipperary, Ireland. Interesting. Some real uh, on-the-ground shit. So I thought what we could do is listen to some of these stories and uh, make our own conclusions as to whether or not we think there's some real truth to them. 
fascinating. Now, I will say, the accent is pretty heavy in some of these stories. And there's no subtitles on a podcast, so good luck. So, yes, to our, um, to our more foreign listeners, I wish you the best of luck. And to our Tipperary listeners, welcome home, brother. But at home, as you say, if we picked up off the road, as a man should get coming to seven hours of night and knock on the window, for the call. For the call? I'll be honest, I'm not getting a lot of this. And uh, this woman one time, the banshee knocked, and she got the comb, and she put it in the tongs, you know the tongs, and left it out to the window, like that, and the tongs were cut in two. <laughs> oh, whoa! She, <laughs> she had the comb, and then the banshee came back for the comb. So the banshee knocked on the window, right. looking for the comb, the woman picked up the comb with tongs, seemingly because she knew it was the banshee, put the tongs out the window so that she didn't have to, like, COVID-style, didn't have to make contact with the banshee. Right. And then the tongs were sliced in two. I didn't get any of that. <laughs> I heard the tong part, and then wh- why would she pick up the comb if she knew it belonged to the banshee as well? <laughs> oh, shit. I know who that is. <laughs> I know who that is. That, I, that was coming. Fair play. Fair play. Yeah, that's Jesus, Patrick, yeah. tell you a slice. Yeah, they're cut out. Her arm was gone. Uh, what? what? Her arm was cut off. I, I think is he saying if she had put out her arm? Okay. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> and the tongs are cut in two. Right, the tongs are cut in two. I, had that you. I heard my brother saying that this, uh, before my father died, he was coming home from somewhere one night and he heard the banshee. And he said, that's a sign of something. And he told me that a few nights after a week, a few days after his father died. Straight up Banshee story there. Straight up Banshee story. Somebody would die, you'd hear three knocks. There'd be nobody there. So if you knew there was somebody going to die. That's a creepy one. Because it seems connected to the Banshee. But it's uh, it seems even creepier because that feels a lot more likely to happen to you. That's probably happened to everyone. A knock at the door, you go to, or at least you think it's a knock at the door, you go to open the door and no one's there. Yeah. So for full context, we're rattling through interviews with a, a number of different pairs That's of, right. of old... Uh, um, all old. All very old. All quite old <laughs> members of the Tipperary community. Um, retelling their stories of banshee encounters. And this one, which is, is that an old man, an old woman, or an old? That is two old ladies. That is two old ladies um, retelling a slightly different version of the banshee story, where it's knocks at the door, three knocks at the door, which is opened up to be no one. It's funny, it's something I can kind of relate to more when I hear this, thinking back to being in Ireland. Like, whenever I'm in London, I think if my door knocked on any given night and I went to the door and uh, and opened it and no one was there, I wouldn't give a shit. I would assume it was a Amazon delivery guy that buzzed their own door. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, whenever I lived in Northern Ireland on my own and it would be stormy and you can hear the waves crashing outside, the wind beating your door, and then you just hear a weird, ominous noise. Doof, doof, doof. You're like, weird, who would be calling at this late hour? And you go yeah. out and it's just a pitch black pissing rain night uh i i've been there i've been standing there in the doorway for sure yeah you know people in the city they're too busy to experience the paranormal <laughs> i think we've talked about this before head down iphones up to the face 
They don't realize that ghosts and paranormal experiences are whizzing by them every day, 24-7. Whereas the, the people who live a, a lazy life in Tipperary, they're ready to experience these paranormal incidents. Absolutely right. I remember at home we were going down the road one evening for the cows and I found a comb on the ground on the road and I picked it up and my father said, you should throw away that. He said, don't bring that home because that might be belonging to the banshee. <coughs> You know, so. you know Ken, it's, it's like that guy was trying to cough to cover up the, the name Banshee. It's like, because that could belong to the Banshee. <laughs> also, how many, we've heard like three stories of people picking up combs now. It seems weird that one, this is a place where that many combs are being dropped. But two, this is a place where people specifically know not to pick up combs yeah, if they're found. Everyone knows. And everyone is picking up the comb. Everyone is trying to pick up the comb. And picking up a comb is a bad idea to begin with. It's just unhygienic. Even a normal comb would be wild. It could have nits or bugs or lice in it. <laughs> nits. I, don't know. I haven't heard that word in years. There was an old woman in our road and um, the banshee cried and this old woman died the next day. Some of these people have got like four stories. Well, yeah, like multiple class. stories. Mm. There was this tree in, in a, a, a farm, you know, in field. And the children used to go out there and play. And the next day they went out and there was a whole lot of combs there. And what? Multiple mother. combs. And the mother said, them are the banshee combs. Take him back and put him where you got them. Uh, so how could there be this many combs? <laughs> that is suspicious. That is paranormal. This is, yeah. supposed to be there still doing their hair. Banshee or not, that's a paranormal amount of combs. Wait, so, what did she say? So the Banshee are hanging out together, all brushing <laughs> each other's hair? This is a bizarre. And that happened at Gurdine Cross now. Who was there? The Banshee was there, was it? No? The Banshee. No. Banshee, yeah. <laughs> oh, just to be clear. Oh, we're still talking about the banshee. <laughs> She's like, and, and she was there, combing her hair. Uh, the, you mean the banshee? Yeah, the banshee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, the, uh, it's the, wild, th thanks right? for including the video. I think it's a good example to people of just how like daily life this is for people in Ireland. Well, look, that's why I wanted to include it is because you know sometimes we include a video with the podcast to serve no other purpose than to laugh at it. Of course. Um. But that was not the purpose of this video. Once you watch it and you hear these people talking about the Banshee and their experiences, it's so casual. It's such a it's such a everyday thing for them mm -hmm. that it just makes it so much more plausible and so much more realistic that these people are like, like, yeah, I don't really care if you believe me or not. Um, I heard it. Uh, I heard it in 1947. Mm -hmm. I it came back in 1938. You you heard it, didn't you, Susan? I heard the banshee. Yes, it's it's just a normal thing. It's just part of their life and their childhood and their history. The only other topic in recent memory I can think of that would rival the kind of daily life presence of the banshee would be La Llorona, if you remember. Yes. And it's an incredibly similar legend from, I think it was South America, right? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I seem to remember that came to us via people emailing us who had family members who claimed to have heard it. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's just one of those ones. Yeah. I mean, this, this idea of a, a creature or a cryptid or a ghost that shows up to warn people of a death or a disaster 
is pretty commonplace. I mean, we've even seen it before um, in our investigations. I think some people think that's what the Mothman did. That's right. He would turn up before bad events. So it's kind of cool to investigate a case like this that's so close to home. Well, despite encounters with the Banshee being such commonplace in Ireland, uh, there may be a reason why neither of us have ever experienced it before. And it's something that we've never really had to deal with with any of our other investigations before. Uh, but there's evidence to suggest that in recent years, the Banshee has gone extinct. No way. Yeah. <laughs> like the f Dodo. Which I love the thought that a ghost can be extinct. The last Banshee died off. An endangered now, species. There's no more. Wow. I found a report from the Irish Mythological Association that claims that Banshee sightings are down by 100%. <laughs> Between 2004 and 2014, there were exactly zero confirmed sightings of the Banshee. Sure, depending who you talk to, but no official confirmed sightings, I guess. Yes, I don't know if they went to Tipperary, aka <laughs> clearly not Comb City. <laughs> I don't know when that video was taken, but I'm not sure everyone in that video is still with us. I know. Uh, <laughs> so, to be fair, maybe there's less sightings these days. That's a very fair point. I can only assume that when those old men and ladies were growing up, Tipperary was like the U.S. town from Greece, the musical, where on every street corner, someone is combing back an Elvis Presley hairstyle. That's the only explanation I can think of as to why there are so many combs. Because combs were like the iPhones of the olden days at one point, right? Like everyone had a comb. Yeah, in your like pocket. Comb your you yeah, comb. Flip yeah, combs. Sure. Comb your hair. I, I want to put this out to the Paranormal Nation listening in. Uh, after listening to this episode, keep an eye out. If you see a comb in the street, maybe send us a picture. Let us know if you think it's a banshee comb. It's very true. If you see a silver comb, that could be very interesting. There's not very many other cryptids that... Um, Leave a calling card. Yeah, that's kind of what it is, isn't it? It's like a little unique little little bit. Like, uh, if you see used condoms, don't don't <laughs> talk to us about Spring Hill Jack or whatever the f it's from a monster, but not a paranormal <laughs> one. This news that the sightings are down 100 percent has been obviously welcomed by the Banshee Safety Authority, <laughs> oh, an organization that is only mentioned on one website on the whole Internet. But their spokesperson, Sean McNeil, commented, saying, we're delighted with the reports for many years. We've been trying to eradicate not only this malevolent spirit, but any malevolent Irish mythological creature. This, it seems cruel. The Banshee arguably hasn't done anything wrong. No. It's just giving you a heads up. It's, it's, a, it's a spooky butler that works for Irish families to just give them a little ping when someone died. Yeah, it's weird. To you don't need eradicate. to eradicate yeah. it. It's extreme language. Deal with some, some of the other little things. I'm pretty sure in one of our stories, we said fairies steal babies and zap them into another dimension. Yes, Sean. Sean, get, get on, on that. that. Case. <laughs> like, Sean, 12 more babies went missing last week. You need to get on this. And he's like, another comb was found yesterday. Get on world hunger. Get on <laughs> real murderers. That's, to be fair, that is not the responsibility of the, quote, Banshee Safety Authority. Okay, well, they need to The BSA rebrand. has one priority, all right? And it's the Banshees. So that just about brings us to the end of our investigation. You know, obviously these cases are always kind of difficult ones, like fairies, like goblins. 
We're talking about a creature that exists from mythology. And even though there are some contemporary stories, um, our researcher Amy did find even some stories from Reddit posts of people claiming that they had heard the Banshee crying. But not a lot of Banshee sightings, as we know. They're down 100%, which is pretty damning. That's a pretty damning amount of percent to be down. And being down 100% to zero means that in 2004, there might have just been one, which wouldn't be good either. Yeah. Banshees are like the anti-Bigfoot. Bigfoot's turning up every other week in some form in some news report. True. Imagine if we were like, yeah, we haven't seen Bigfoot since the 70s. We saw him smoking weed in, a, in a, one of the U.S. national parks in the 70s. And he's gone off the grid. He's off the map. Uh, that would be worrying. I would think that he's probably dead. That there, that wasn't weed. That was maybe crystal meth. And he died in some sort of bear trap. But he pops up all the time. We hear the stories all the time. So for this to be a creature that hasn't appeared in front of humans in that many years, does that make it more believable or less believable? You know, there's something quite realistic about that. There is. And, you know, I know we were joking about it, but it does also clearly link into this kind of banshee sighting age gap where yeah. it, there doesn't seem to be anyone under the age of 50 who's claimed to have heard it. And that suggests any number of things. But to me, maybe primarily is that the Banshee is a figment of culture and a culture that's dying out at that. Yeah, very true. It's kind of like that Peter Pan movie, Hook, where you can't see the magic if you don't believe in it. So the reason that Peter Pan can't be magic anymore is because he's a grown-ass dude with, like, kids and responsibilities. <laughs> but then when he starts to believe in the food, he can, like, eat the magic food and all that kind of stuff. Maybe that's the case with the Banshee. All of these people who grew up, grew up believing in this fairy tale are the ones that can see it. But nowadays, the kids, they got no interest in it. So they, they, they couldn't even hear the Banshee if it was screaming in their ears. Which sounds sad that we don't believe the magic, but maybe this is some magic I don't mind not believing. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I'll, I believe in the, the magic of Disneyland <laughs> because Mickey doesn't turn up in the, in the night to warn me that my loved ones are going to die. <laughs> Yeah, and if he does, I'm not letting him in. There's a reason why the most magical place on earth is Disneyland and not North Tipperary, <laughs> where there's combs aplenty. So yeah, it's it's a tough one. I think, um, look, I think we're being honest with ourselves. I don't want to do a disservice to the, the wonderful people of Ireland and their beliefs, because I really appreciate how passionate they are about this story. But I think from my investigation today and the evidence that I could gather... I don't know. I'm not fully convinced just yet that the, the Banshee truly does exist. I completely agree. I think uh, I would love, I would love a video, some, some footage, some photos, anything. Yeah. And maybe that would push us over that line. Maybe more of my loved ones need to die and we'll figure oh, out okay. once and for all. That's, that's too far. Um, thank you for listening to this week's episode of This Paranormal Life. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. It's always a blast when we get to go back and investigate our roots in the comb capital of the world, Ireland. Whenever we go home, I bet we're going to start noticing 100% more combs. I'm genuinely worried that maybe we just haven't noticed. I mean, I'm not. it's like when we told people about stairs in the woods, and a lot of people started seeing stairs in the woods <laughs> after that. So be careful with the combs, guys. 
Last week, we mentioned at the end of the episode that we have an exciting update, and that is that we have brand new This Paranormal Life t-shirts available in our merch store, thisparanormallife.com. Holy shnikes! That's right. Do you like the Galactic 12? Have you wanted to join the team once declared the most powerful adventurers to ever exist? Of course you do. That's why you need to head on over to the store, the link of which is in the bio of this very episode. It couldn't be easier, folks. Click the link, check out the store, and take a peek at some of the t-shirts that we have on offer. We also have Chompies now available in black. That's right. One of our favorite designs in a whole new colorway. And as Rory mentioned uh, in last week's podcast, um, we really love the Galactic 12 artwork. We hope you do too. And it's got even a little bit of Eben language peppered in there. Um, and if you if you missed the backstory behind all of that, we did a two-part series on um, on the Ebens and Planet Serpo uh, back in the day. So check it out and grab yourself a Galactic 12 t-shirt. That's a really great idea. Definitely go back and listen because those were two great episodes. To celebrate the Chompies t-shirt being released on a black shirt, we are also releasing limited edition boxes of Chompies cereal in full black color. The cereal is black. Black is coal. Some people are going to say that has to do with the industrial fire that took place at the factory. The Chompy's warehouse. The, the Chompy's warehouse. Um, and some people will say... It's it literal pieces of coal. It's dirt. Because the, the... It burned the, up the in the fire. cereal was charred. Along with several employees. Uh, they're going to say that that was all... That it's not a promotional thing. That we're just making the best out of a bad situation. But those people would be assholes. But not not entirely wrong. I, sorry, I should sorry, I should have said wrong. That was the right one. Yeah, they're of course they're wrong. It's a lie. It's a lie what they're saying, and it's bad. And they're assholes for saying it, because Chompies is is we've said this before on the podcast. Chompies, if you try hard enough, is a hundred percent edible. And uh, <laughs> as if coal is such a bad thing, we uh, we yeah. heat our homes with coal. <laughs> they put charcoal in toothpaste now. I think it's for true, some reason and face masks. Uh, yeah, so not that, sorry, not, not that, that it, it is, is coal. Not that it is coal. But you know what happens when you crush coal? It becomes a diamond, just like chompy. So crush it with your teeth. Because <laughs> <laughs> you cr- when you crunch that morning brunch cereal, you get the taste of an ice, icy, cold, clean diamond. Not that it's coal. It's not, it's just, it looks like coal and has a consistency of coal. And yes, if you really want to, you can also use Chompy Cereal to heat your homes this winter. So check out the store. Check out the new t-shirts. As you know, bonus episodes are available on Patreon.com. There's nothing left to say, folks, except to uh, to sing us out with a banshee wail. Thank you for listening to this episode oh of This Paranormal Life. What? We'll see What's you happening? next Tuesday. <gasps> oh! Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 